Hello, my name is Samuel George London and welcome to Comics for the Apocalypse. On today's episode, I speak to comic book publisher and very nice chap, Bensky of the 77, about what comics he would take into an asteroid impact apocalypse. But before we get into it, I'd like to give a quick shout out to our sponsor, the Comic Scene Comic Club. Available from just £5 a month, you can get monthly issues of the History of Comics 1930-2030, to monthly issues of the brand new Shift comic anthology, and two Comic Scene specials per year. To find out more and subscribe to the Comic Club, visit comicscene.org. On a side note, there are only five days left of my seventh Kickstarter, Band of Warriors. Merging actual historical events with Celtic and Greek mythology, Band of Warriors is an epic tale of adventure, betrayal and vengeance set in 1500 BC. If that tickles your fancy, feel free to check it out by searching for Band of Warriors on Kickstarter or by simply clicking the respective link in the show notes. But be warned, it's for mature readers only as it contains mild nudity, strong violence and sexual references. Now without further ado, on with the show. Hello, Bensky. How's it going? Uh, snowy, my friend. Snowy over here in Lincolnshire. Nice. Yeah, we were just discussing that. And uh, it's, it's amazing that, you know, the country really is kind of split in half when it comes to snow. Um, I was on a video call this morning with somebody up in Yorkshire and like you know, the, all the hills behind them were, you know, covered, covered in the white stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, but down, down here, down south, um, yeah, not, not a bit of snow at all. Well, it looks like the um, it looks like the cover to our, our fourth issue, which is the variant um, loose stringer cover. So I don't know if you've seen that with um, Sar- Sergeant Shouty hurling uh, fighting a kind of alien snowmen um, on the cover, but uh, it's actually seen like that. We've got proper snow laying laying on things today, so it's it's nice, yeah. Fantastic. Uh, speaking of which, uh, for those that haven't come across you just yet, uh, what do you do in the world of comics? Um, basically. Um, I'm a publisher. Um, I edit um, a couple of titles. Um, the publishing company is called 77 Publications, and people may have heard of the um, anthology comic, which is up to its fourth edition now, the 77. Mm-hmm. Um, it, um, funnily enough, it came second in the comic scene um, vote last year for um, yes. indie comics, I think, which was, or, or comics in general, because I think 2018 came first. And um, well, that was rather thrilling. Um, and, um, you know, just uh, obviously a show that there are some keen fans out there who voted for us, which, which I'd like to say thanks very much. Um, and yeah, so it means every every three months um, I'm kickstarting a comic, um, various stages of production in three months to put the next one together to, to promote the last one, um, liaising with our distrib- distributors. We use um, Get My Comics and... They're, they're based down in Crawley, and they work with um, all of the retailers in the country. Um, it, 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 it's interesting. It's, it's multifaceted, really, um, mm-hmm. Sam. I'm, I'm obviously trying to um, get sales together as well as obviously um, sort of assess um, artwork that comes in and, 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 and pitches and then looking at obviously ensuring that the Kickstarter works properly. So it keeps me, it keeps me pretty busy. So, so that's, that's what I do at the moment. That's- 
Incredible, yeah. Um, sounds like you, you you're on top of everything that's actually involved in creating a comic. Uh, yeah, yeah. That also means just completely avoiding any responsibility at home regarding, you know, uh, you ask my wife what it what it entails. <laughs> so uh, I'm very lucky now, actually, in my stage of my life. I'm um, I work part time. Uh, I, I I I teach design. Um, and I then spend the other five days of a week doing this. So, uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's been fun. Um, it's more than a hobby now. Um, and for me in particular, it's like a return to something that, um, I started doing a very long time ago, um, and then kind of took another direction. So, um, that's a little bit about me, really. Fantastic. And, and we'll get into that maybe a little bit later. Um, but, uh, for now, where can people find you online? Okay. So, um, we do have a website at WordPress, the 77 WordPress. Um, we're finding our social media is really the, the place to go to. So we have a comic group, the 77. Um, some some fans of 2000 AD may know us through 1977 to 2000 AD. It's a reasonably popular um, Facebook group. Um, and obviously we have links and things through to various other um, platforms. Our Twitter is pretty, pretty massive, actually, several thousand um, following us on that. And we're, um, that's the 77 comic on Twitter. We've got a shop. We use Big Cartel, very, very good platform. I recommend that to anyone who's looking to sell right. things. So that's the 77 uh, at big.cartel.com. Um, and generally speaking, you know, on social media, if you pretty much Google 77, um, you'll find us, really. So, um, you know, that's why we stuck with a sort of simple name, really. Um, and the concept behind it is, you know, perhaps a little bit more involved. But, um, yeah, we, we've worked hard to kind of make sure that people can find us now. Um, mm. and, and thanks really very much, Sam, for inviting me on today. It's uh, it's always a pleasure to um, spread the word, as as, uh, as we say, really, in, in, in terms of talking and listening uh, to people who potentially haven't um seeing what we do so we can i help just say this moment actually um we are offering um, a special intro a new kind of a lockdown introduction offer if you nice. may if you email us at the 77 um comic gmail.com um, we'll actually send you a complimentary um first issue a digital copy um it's a specially edited issue and um mm. we're doing that for anyone who contacts us so hopefully we'll be deluged with lots of your um li- listeners really wanted to do that 100%. So we'll- details of that again fantastic and uh yeah all of those links and the email address will be in the show notes folks so you can go check it out there um click on all the links email bensky whilst we're we're, we're chatting and you can get the first issue in your inbox um so that's greatly appreciated bensky um now um all of that aside unfortunately i got some bad news for you um so on on top of the current pandemic that we're living through right now um i'm i'm sad to say that an asteroid is heading for earth as well um and specifically fairly close um <laughs> to the uk um so we, we we're going to be you know really uh, in the pan uh, once this hits and my, my question for you is what is your action plan for survival okay <laughs> um, I have a plan for most things but if it's inevitable and if depending on the time frame if we're talking hours um, apart from the sort of usual kind of you know whatevers um, I probably as as, as as a thought really I've always meant to actually um, alphabetize my um, vinyl collection 
Um, <laughs> so that's that's basically what I'll do. I'll start through. I'll start from A and get through to through to Z. Um, I've got a few hundred albums, so it's going to take me a while. I don't know how, how long we how long have we got, Sam? What's the what's the news? A few hours. A few hours. We can finish this. Then, gonna be enough? then I can do my vinyl, and then I can I can probably do my tax return as well. I reckon I'll have time to do my tax return, Sam. <laughs> That's a man who's got his uh, got his things in order before before he passes. Well, don't forget to do your tax return, people. You've got to be done by the thirty first of January. Okay, so you know, hopefully you might even get till then, Sam. Okay. <laughs> Otherwise, they'll they'll still get you in the afterlife, right? Mm-hmm. What do they say? Death and taxes. Death and taxes. Mate. Exactly. Exactly. Brilliant. Um. So, um. Whilst you're you're flicking through your vinyl collection and <laughs> yeah. alphabetizing, um. Funnily enough, for some reason, um. Comics, um. Uh, uh, rattling around in your head. Yeah. Uh, whilst you are flicking through, um. Yeah. Your your vinyl collection, and uh, the first question that comes into your mind is, what's the first comic you remember enjoying? Okay. Um. Basically, I'll use the French term. It was a, a, a band des um, so it's a collected collected work um, by um, Gossini and Erdozo, um the, the the brilliant Asterix uh, and the Gladiators. Um, it's not the first in the series, but it was right. the first one I ever read, and it's a really clear memory, um, pre- precluding a really long, boring car journey. I don't really remember the car journey, so it, it, but it was I was definitely in the car when we got it. We stopped at a garage um in the in, in in the hometown where I was living and my we must have been going somewhere for my dad to buy it so I'm about four years old um wow. so we're looking at about 1971 and um I, I mean I've, I've been told and I have recollection of always being a really quite a strong reader so I think most asterisk books are around about 70 pages long um I've still got it uh it's well thumbed and um yeah so I I I, I really, really have kind of emotive memories around about that because, unfortunately, um, we, we we lost my dad not long after that. So um, wow. it's something which is a very, very special thing for me. Um, and you might kind of guess, I suppose, that if I was really taken by it, um, that that you could see, you know, that, that that was a route for me. And I actually stuck with Asterix and... Um, and, and, and went a different route into comics. I'm not the kind of, you know, I didn't do the Beano and the, and the kiddie comics. I, I, I mean, I'm not saying that Asterix is, is purely um, adult at all, but it, it has a certain sense of humour in it, which I think, you know, mm. you, you mature, you can see through, you know, just look at the translation on the names and things, you know, get a fix and, um, you know, the, um, all the names of Kakonifix, uh, the, the, the awful musician who can never, who always gets strung up at the end, you know, upside down on, on, <laughs> on a twine as they're roasting hogs in the, in the fire. Um, I just loved it. And the artwork for me, wow. It's not just, it's not just Asterix running around bashing Romans and, you know, Romans with a whole pile of helmets in his hands, you know, the kind of the comedic stuff. I mean, the actual observation stuff, um, the, the, you know, no one does see and marble and architecture um, like, like those guys did. And, 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 of course, the series is fascinating, if you recall. Obviously, one of them pre-deceased you know, pre- the other, and then the other one took on all the artwork duties as well. Quite extraordinary. Um, and um, I think we lost um, Erdizo last year uh, or, or a year or two ago, and uh, he lived mm-hmm. to a ripe old age. And um, actually, quite, quite, quite respectfully, I think he received the, uh, the, 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 the Légion d'honneur, you know, the... the oh, Legion of Honor, um, the highest, the highest civil award that you can get in France, and I think you know it goes to show that the French really 
really respect their um their their, their, their cartoonists and, and, and comic creators um anyway so there you go uh from four, four years old i was indoctrinated i was an i was a francophile and um you know i've been i've been looking to uh, find that that magic potion ever since really so uh that's uh that's fantastic. That's and so at a young age, so you obviously you're yeah. an av- avid reader. Yeah. Um, but were you, were you creating comics at a young I age? I always drew. I always drew. We yeah. we had, I mean, I've got some really early memories of kind of stuff I watched on telly. Um, I would have only been two when there was a moon landing. So I don't think it was that I saw. But mm. I remember growing up watching kind of rockets and stuff. So, you know, the Apollo, the Apollo missions went to 72. So I'd have been five years old. Um, and, you know, on the news, obviously there were bad things happening. Um, I guess Vietnam would have been sort of broadcast on the news. Um, but space was sort of a thing that was starting to go on. And there was always documentaries like Horizon and stuff. And where this really plugged in with me is, is that as soon as I found some science fiction, as soon as I kind of had this notion that there were people writing about the future, and then on the telly maybe you might see all the old, you know, uh, worlds collide, uh, invasion of the body snatchers. They always used to have these things on Wednesday nights when we had babysitting. I think my mum must have gone out and we had to go around to someone's house. And they've got memories of about up to about eight, nine, ten years old, certain nights watching these films and stuff. Um, and so, yeah, as soon as I realized as well that my, 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 there was a library nearby, that was me done. You know, I went straight, I went straight into the library and started hitting that pretty, pretty hard time. Um, my mum was a teacher in, 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 in schools for kids who struggled with reading. So obviously she was really keen that, that, that myself and my twin brother, Matt, um, read from an early age, you know, was always wanting to make sure we could. So we did. Um, and, and yeah, drawing and reading were sort of, pretty much what I did till I was about 18 pretty much what I did <laughs> you know what I mean yeah. it was like kind of what I did and um so I, it wasn't really and I never had an idea about how you went about doing it I mean you know people who know me might say or might, might, might when I say I'm a little bit special it's not like I'm kind of like insulting anyone who's sort of you know because you know I'm just I haven't got an imagination insofar as imagination of knowing how things are done i kind of just knew them um and now later on in life you know this internet thing works for me i kind of you know ask it a question or go and find something out but i've always been quite i've always been quite a private person so i wouldn't necessarily Mm. tell people what i was doing or thinking and stuff and obviously reading and writing and drawing they're perfect for that because you create your own worlds don't you or you get involved in other people's worlds um and it's a it's not i don't mean solitary in a negative but it's a fulfilling and you know solo um kind of pastime really um so yeah god i i i i've always i've always loved drawing um and 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 reading um struggled with the writing i'll be honest i i find it hard to write um scripts um anyone who's read any of my stuff would agree with me um but (laughs) i kind of am okay with the praising work so um Mm. Yeah, yeah. So from about yeah, from from those times really, I I, I always used to copy, um, you know, and and trace, and so probably looking at those books, you know, some of the other comic books I had when I was a kid, you know, I did that classic thing of colouring them in as well, you know, trying to work out how I would have um, improved them, I guess maybe. Um, there were a lot of them were black and white back in the seventies, right? So. Um, so yeah um and 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 it's it's not been something that's been consistent through my life though um you know things come and go um and um you know i've delved in other um creative fields um quite a lot and um you know 
so so comics for me is something I I I, I played at and, and 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 did some work um, through my teens and into my twenties where I was an animator in those days and um, right. I did some stuff but here we go so you know um, I look back and 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 tip my hat to my dad and, and thank him for buying me that comic and and thank my mum for insisting that, that that I learned to read at a really early 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 age and I think comics are just a fantastic um, gateway you know, gateway to um, the hard stuff, you know. So um, I recommend anyone who's got young nippers um, to um, get comics into their lives as soon as you can or just obviously read to them. You know, it's it's yeah. it's fantastic. So uh, there, you, there you go. That's fantastic. Um, and so, um, as you say, you got into animation um, in your 20s there. Yeah. Uh, but uh, where did the 77 come from? Okay, so... Um, for me personally, obviously, I was looking for a title for the um, the anthology that I was considering to, to create. Um, the notion of creating the anthology came from the Facebook group 1977 to 2000 AD. And you can hear in the name of the title there that there's a 77 appearing in that. Now, mm. anyone who's kind of con- conjectured on why we were why we've called the comic that would say, oh, it's 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 obviously to do with um, the fact that, you know, that comic you just mentioned in the title, 2000 AD, came out in 1977. Um, but it's it's a heck of a lot more than that. Um, we kind of asked ourselves, really, um, as a group of people, um, and we're similarly aged, although we do have young younger guys with us. I mean, um, one, 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 one of the one of the directors is um, well, the, the Dave and Joe Healy. I mean, I think Dave's I think Dave's seven years younger than me, and Joe is you know she's we, we don't discuss a lady's age, but um the fact is that for them you know dave was like three years old when he picked up 2000 ad his older brother got it um so for him his experience of that would have been quite different than mine you know i'd already been reading comics as i said for six years by then uh pretty much done them all read other people's you know people had um warlord and battle now i respected the artwork and i kind of you know knew what i liked sort of thing but for me i think my mum also brought me up as very much um not not looking to find um, war as entertainment uh, mm-hmm. as a kid, you know. So it's not a religious thing at all. It's nothing, nothing like that. But she she grew up in a part of the world which got you know got the the, the bejesus bombed out of it during the war, and she saw nothing entertaining about war, you know. Yeah. So um, that is the background I've dwelled upon, you know. So she 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 grew up just outside of Liverpool, and 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 you know. Every night as a kid at that time, and I'm thinking if I was four years old, she was four years old when the war started, bombers flying overhead, you know, and flashes of flames and explosions and terrible things happening. She didn't really want me to follow that kind of notion of it being good. So I missed out on all the warlords and battles, but I read my mates. Um, so, you know, um, I was reading my funnies, you know, which I'll discuss in a minute. Um, so, 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 so I like stuff that made me laugh. Uh, Ken Reed, you know, obviously he was, was there. Uh, classics, classic um, cartoonists of the 60s and 70s, post-war British stuff. Um, but the whole notion about 77, to come back to that, it's to do with the energy about kind of that do-it-yourself attitude. Um, I'm not saying that IPC had a do-it-yourself attitude in terms that they were a blooming, you know, conglomerate when they created um, uh, 2000 AD. But mm-hmm. very much, obviously, the creators at the time, 
Uh, we're talking Pat Mills, I guess, you know. But um, we, we were also in the notion of obviously the music and the society at the time, uh, sort of proto-punk stuff through the 70s and then the punk explosion of 76 and 77. You know, I've got a big sister. And, 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 and for me, you know, I didn't live through it because I was only 10 years old when it broke. But boy, she did. And I got, you know, her album collection is just awesome. You know, I remember getting the damned and seeing groups really, really early on and her air changing color and the posters going on the wall. And for me, it just seemed like it was a continuation of that science fiction thing, i.e. it was so alien to what I was seeing outside on the street, um, really. And at school, at that age being in primary school, for me, it sort of seemed to be like offering the future. And I don't know, it's just... I just wanted a title that was going to be a lot of things to a lot of different people. I think that's mm. where it comes down to. So it can evoke a different thing for anybody. Um, and I'm not saying it's sort of lazy journalism when someone says to me, oh, yeah, it's to do with 2000 AD. Quite the opposite. They've already thought about it. Thanks very much. You've been thinking about our, our, our comic and you've assumed that it's linked to something, mm. which, is, which is a half truth, you know. But what does it mean to you? I, I want to turn it around and say to somebody, well, what does the 77 mean to you? What the, or what does 77 mean? You know, there's um, there's a reference in, in Rastafarianism about when two sevens clash, um, two forces, you know. Um, yeah. It's an album cover. It's an album name of my favourite band, Talking Heads. 77 is the best album in the world, as far as I'm concerned. So I can link other things to it. What anyone else makes of it, write, write to Banksy and ask him, you know, in, 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 in the comics. So um, I respect that as a question. Um, and, and, and I'd like to think that people didn't think I was just being sort of, you know, blowing smoke up my what's it by thinking, oh, you know, well, what does it mean to you? But that's honestly the truth. We wanted a name that would invoke a response from people. So, so that's, that's mm. hopefully answered the question, yeah? That's fantastic. Yeah. Um, and uh, obviously it's, it's been a great success so far. Well, it seems to have been. I mean, it's hard work kind of getting anything off the ground at the moment. I mean, yeah. let's be honest with you. We were only really creating a comic to sort of take to, 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 to go to um, a fantastic uh, convention uh, in, in Bristol called Lawless, which is, I think, mm -hmm. honestly, it's one of the best kind of um, niche boutique uh, conventions on the calendar. I mean, such a wonderful bunch of people go there and such a rich vein of creators and it's sort of like what goes on on in the convention stays in the convention, i.e. you get accepted really quickly and, it, and, and, and people go out the night before and there's drinks and it's all, you know. Anyway, we got involved with that and then we wanted to sponsor it um, and we wanted to do this on the back of launching a comic and, and Sue Hadrill was very kind to, you know, accept our offer. And then, of course, the whole thing got cancelled. You know, this is last year. Uh, mm. We were left with a launch date um and and a question about what we're going to do so obviously based upon the success of the kickstarter which told us that there was you know a few hundred people were prepared to put money into this project um we decided obviously to take it just a little bit further down the down the down the track and and, and see where it led to in terms of well we've got a continuing thing now so number two's come along and then we started really thinking about how we're going to um evolve it and 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 create something which is going to be yeah something with a bit of legacy really so you know if it gets to number 30 40 50 i have no idea but um you know for me when i when i have a quiet walk and thinking about things i often think back to um you've heard of warrior comic yeah 
Yeah. Yeah. So Warrior went up to number 30 or so. And it's got such a big respect to people who fondly back, look back at British comics because, you know, it had it had Marvel Man in it or Miracle Man. Uh, apologies. Uh, the Alan, Alan Moore and um, Alan Davis story. Um, you know, it had Axel Pressburger. It had it broke. It had, you know, Steve Dillon started it. I'm you know, who knows who we're breaking at the moment. But basically yeah. what I'm saying is that it was a 30 run series of comics. And, and it's held in some esteem and fondly by people who remember it and have got it. And all I'm saying is that, God, if I could even have partial um, success with something that lasted half as long kind of thing, I'd be a happy man. You know, I'm 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 not in the first flush of, of youth. You know, I'm in my 50s. And, um, you know, to, to, to get on and to do it now, it's almost as though the opportunity presented itself through this pandemic this 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 situation where you know we had people who wanted to do something then had the time to do it um and then we found that people wanted to read it um so you know we that's why we sort of talked about it as being like born unto a time of covid you know and, and to time of chaos um you know uh you know uh space um Hang on a second. Space Warps. But uh, Pat Mills will be remembered yes. as well as the same thing. It came out during you know, 2020 when this when this um, COVID and and other comics like um, Sentinel and, you know, little indies, which, you know, go on Facebook, go on Facebook and, and, and kickstart like we do. And I take my hat off to anybody who produces something at the moment because it's a positive. It's yeah. giving people some enjoyment and entertainment, um, you know. Um, there's so many people I see struggling out there. Um, anybody who's able to even create anything at the moment, I think is winning. So, you know, now we, now we're kind of like got a bit of traction. Um, yeah, I suppose, you know, we, we, we're kind of in charge of our destiny, but if there's anything that COVID's told us is that we ain't really. So what are you going to do about it? You know? Um, and there's that notion as ask an old man like me, well, you know, time's limited. So if you want to get on and do something, get on and do it. Don't, don't hang about. So, um, you know, just also, you know, I'd hope that people might look at it and think, well, you know, we could do better than that. Fantastic. That's what old punk thing was about. You know, we do better than that. Well, fantastic. Do better than that. And, 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 and we'll buy it. No problem at all. You know? So, uh, it, 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 it's all good, Sam. It's all good. That's brilliant advice, and uh, yeah, something I'm actually doing at the moment. I'm I'm running a Kickstarter myself. Um, <laughs> and, How's that uh, Which stage yeah, you work, Sam? Yeah, well, um, we're we're a couple of weeks in with a couple of weeks to go. Almost two oh, thirds. Okay, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, so we, we we're getting there slowly but surely. Um, yeah. But uh, yeah, no, um, it's I really appreciate what you just said in terms of the fact that you know if you are able to create something and put it out to the world right now then you, you are winning um that, that's really encouraging so uh, no, absolutely that. anybody you know i look at anyone's work at the moment um and i'm just thinking wow you can put you can put a finger on a keyboard or you can put pen to paper or pencil to you know parchment or whatever fantastic mm. because it's just weird isn't it at the moment you know and yeah. part of me is thinking is this just a reaction to the situation that I'm just trying to fill my time? But I'm trying to, you know, we, 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 what we've done is we've built a team, you know, and we don't meet up. Of course we don't. We can't go to the pub. You know, <laughs> we can't go to conventions or meet in stores or anything. Um, so we do it online and we're doing it like me and you are chatting now. You know, we're, we're meeting up and having a chat. And 
um, I've got to say, you know, zooming and, and doing all sorts of podcasts. I mean, a year ago, I didn't have a clue about this stuff, to be honest with you. Um, mm. and, and it's just great that if you want to get involved, if you want to find out about it, if you're a fan, there's so many avenues, aren't there? People you can kind of like, you know, check out and, 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 and ask questions of. And it's just brilliant. You know, I'm working with Steve McManus at the moment, you know, he started wow. from 2000 AD when I was a nipper. And, um, you know, I'm through the kind of, oh, wow, it's 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 Tharg. You know, I'm, I'm over that bit. Me and him are now kind of partners in something. And I'm just saying is that, you know, things turn around quite quickly. And and um, before you know it, people are looking to you to sort of talk as though you're some kind of expert. I mean, I was on the um, Lakes International with uh, Tom Ward. And Tom's out of Liverpool. Does um, Mr. Merrick, the Elephant Man, absolutely fantastic yes, yes. series. He's done, what, 10, 11 of them? So me and him were chatting and we were been we had to do sort of various bits and pieces beforehand. And we were there as the experts. I was there as the kind of the, the Kickstarter expert kind of we'd only done two, I think, when I did that. And he'd done mm. ten. And I was like, I and he put together some amazing advice and slides about checking you got your postage organized right, you know. Yeah. Um, all those good bits of advice which need to be done, you know, and there's me chatting away as the expert, and I'm thinking, oh man, I'm learning more off him than I've <laughs> But that's it, isn't it? Yeah, we can we can all reach out and 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 you know people want to email us and ask about what we're doing or submit work. We haven't chatted about that. People want to submit stuff. Hey, knock yourselves out. Submit us, you know, submit us a pitch, pitch something to us. Show us some artwork or sequential work or whatever, and yeah. and and we'll think it over. Amazing, that's fantastic. And again, you, I guess they can just email you. If Absolutely, at the email which we'll be leaving later. Yeah. Yeah, perfect. Uh, now, uh, getting back to your vinyl collection and the impending asteroid oh, yeah. that's heading towards Clash. Uh, now, by the way, we're on Clash. Okay, so that's yeah. what we Bingo. Yeah, yeah. So we're getting there slowly but surely. Um, but uh, the next question that pops in your mind yeah. is what's the funniest comic that you've read? Okay, so as a kid, as, as a nipper reading comics for the first time, it was Monster Fun. Okay, right. and the funniest, you got to check it out, and the funniest strip was Gums. So you know the classic poster of Jaws with the shark coming from deep and there's a you know, woman swimming on the top of the water and his teeth are all yeah, yeah. Well, Gums had no teeth. Gums had false teeth that f- fell out. <laughs> so it's a gummy shark. And anyone of a certain age will remember Gums. Absolutely brilliant. Um, anything like um, Archie Faceache and stuff by Ken Reed when I was a kid. Uh, Ken Reed's kind of scrunging, slightly, well, very weird and scary imagery. But as an adult, fully-fledged adult, the stuff that makes me makes me laugh out, the stuff that I will I will reach. And I met the man up at Lakes International a couple of years back. I just wanted to shake him by the end, and I just wanted to literally hug him and thank him for so much hilarity. Sergio <laughs> Gomez, um grew grew the Wanderer. Right now, grew the Wanderer is from Epic originally, and then went on to Marvel. And he, he's he's just funny. He's got a, it's it's obviously a Conan the Barbarian ripoff, not ripoff, but it's a, a skiff. Yeah, it's got a dog called Refer to. And it's just, it's like how Asterix plays with words and the kidology and the sort of, home, uh, you know, homophones and all those things, the words that sound the same or rhyme and stuff. And, and some, of it is, some of it is just his, his stupidness, misunderstanding situations. Um, and generally, he's one of those people that kind of by the end of the end of the particular comic, it all falls into place somehow and it's had nothing to do with him, but he takes all the credit for it. Anyway, it's just 22, 24 pages of just brilliant cartooning and funny, funny gags. 
So that's my my favorite. Um, my the asteroid one for me is um, yeah, Gru the Wanderer by uh, Sergio Jones. Fantastic. Um, and then uh, changing gears, um, the next question that, that pops up is, what's the saddest comic that you've read? Okay, I took that as a different way, really. Um, it was something where the penny dropped with regards to somebody. Now, um, yeah. obviously, you know, I, 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 I well, I'm going to go come straight out with it. So I, from about 1984... 83, 84. So I was about 17, 18. I come mm. across um, Cerebus the Aardvark and by Dave Sim and then Gerhardt later joined. Um, so I, I got involved with sort of the end of the High Society series. Now, Cerebus the Aardvark is one of those animal funnies. Uh, it's black and white. It's self-published um, by, um, was it Aardvark uh, Vanaheim, uh, Canadian uh, publishing company. And, and in itself, it's a story of one man's um, struggle and um, success as being a co- comic um, publisher. You know, it's a one-man band. He, he put it all together. He wrote it and, 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 and illustrated it every month. Ended up being a 300-part series. Only recently, um, Spawn has um, replaced it as the longest-running indie. Yeah, continuing indie series. Wow. Okay. Yeah, yeah, so Spawn's yeah. up to 314, 315 now. So Cerebus started in 77, and it started off being a complete Conan and then Red Sonja ripoff. Um, but evolved into something else really quickly. And he, and it seemed to chime with a certain kind of sensitive, nerdy type like me. Okay. I kind of, I, I also kind of, he would write and he would write a front piece and a letters page and, and he would tell you something about his life and his struggles. However, as the story developed and he took on certain arcs and there were certain sort of influences coming in and certain tropes started evolving and the penny dropped and it's a, there's a, there's a notorious issue. It's actually around about issue 86, I think it is. Um, I don't recall the the, the, the name of that particular um, strip. But he basically went into a four-page uh, misogynist rant in his letters page. Um, wow. and, and the penny dropped that really the guy was unhinged, that he was coming it was it was falling apart. So for the next, I read it for another couple of years. There was a strip called um, Jacker's Story, which um, was, was 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 very interesting. But through all of that, the story kept together. But around the comic, and then you couldn't help if you knew anything about comics and you were reading, I don't know any of the uh, review strip, any of the review sort of publications that came out at the time. Um, there were whispers and more than whispers, and there were outright accusations. And he split with his wife. Anyway, so I'm getting personal here, but it was in the public domain and this guy literally took his private life and stuck it not in the comic story but all throughout the comic in all Mm. of the stuff that went with it so i'm talking about a sad a sad comic insofar as i couldn't continue reading it and i had to Mm. denounce it's a bit like anyone who's a fan of someone who gets caught out like you know i'm i was a cyclist as well i've enjoyed cycling in my life lance armstrong you know lance armstrong got stripped of his seven um tours how early on down that denouement did you give him up you know it's it's that kind of when with comics gate you know you go oh there's that guy or that woman and they're Mm. being like this oh wow can i can i condone it so that for me was i took it as a different angle really and i just felt how it how it made me feel sad and upset about a situation not necessarily the contents of a story that was sad okay yeah. um, one of them would probably be if you think about it way back in uh, 2000 AD's history the death of uh, robo hunters 
little robotic sidekick cutie. Um, I don't know if you know the original strip where he lands on Verdus. So it's about the same time that um, the Cursed Earth is running. So it's like before Prog 100. You sound a bit younger than me, Sam. Yeah, yeah. I'm a, I, I, was born, I was born in 84. <laughs> yeah, so John Wagner's uh, and Ian Gibson's book one of um, Robo Hunter. Um, yeah. And I don't know whether it happens in that, but she's got to save him. And basically she's a cutie little, she's called Cutie. It's got a little kind of like cute little face on her. And she blows herself up to save him. And as a kid of about 11 years old, 12 years old, it, 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 it made, it's the first time I kind of read a strip and went, oh, I didn't see that happening. And that's quite sad. And it's happened yeah. in other instances in, in, in definitely in comics um, where, you know, yeah, someone we really felt was going to pull through didn't. So, But I'll go back to Dave Sim and say the guy pulled through, but wish he hadn't. Yeah. And apparently just looking at the wiki um, for it, apparently uh, the term Cerebus syndrome has come to uh, commonly describe developments where initially comedic or superficial works in any medium gradually become more serious, complex, and dramatic. So he's, he's at least got that, that as well. Work did, yeah, his work yeah. did the story. If you, read it, if you read it away, you can buy the collections, yeah, and they're really quite cheap yeah. on, on eBay. You oh, know, right. And obviously, if he did 300 strips and he's got 20-odd pages in each, we're talking 6,000-plus pages of ink work here, yeah? Incredible. It gets, they come out in these telephone directory thick books. They're a great read. Now, I have read it through. But if you bought the comic month by month and you started getting drawn into and there were people who were writing um, letters defending him and then the other side. Right. And he would then viciously get back to them in his letters page. So <laughs> it was just kind of, yeah, it was a bit of a syndrome. So so there we go. There we go. But I recommend it as a, as a read. Just don't read yes. all the stuff around it, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Fascinating, isn't it? Yeah, um, how he fall down these holes. <laughs> yeah, indeed, indeed. But it was, you know, it was what um, twenty years of his life. So you know, yeah. people change, don't they? Precisely, precisely. Right. Uh, now, uh, again, going back to our vinyl collection, I'd say yeah. we're maybe hitting M. Yeah, absolutely. Like so where am I? I'm on. Um, I've, I've got. I've got a soundtrack to Monty Python's um, uh, Holy Grail here. Actually, I can. Amazing. <laughs> I'd love to hear that, um, particularly on vinyl. Um, Van Morrison, but, maybe. Here we go. Van Morrison's up next. There you go. There you Thank go. You. <laughs> and uh, the next question that, that, that comes up in your head is, what's the scariest comic that you've read? Um, okay, because because basically um, I, I've never really kind of watched an awful lot of telly. Um, I've been some way, in some respects, kind of culturally um, – abstracted from things and, and removed from things when i first picked up um peter bags um hate mm. okay um it's all based around um uh, a few characters in this kind of pre-grunge and then grunge sort of seattle environment you know um and, and 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 the things and the way they treat each other and what they say to each other you just kind of you can't believe it's true and then i went there and found out it's absolutely true um, and started getting involved with people that are very much like that. So horrifying insofar as it's horrifying but amusing. And and Peter Bagg's work is he first published it uh, Fantagraphics, I think, yes, uh, in the right. mid to late 80s. Hate is one of them as well. It's just rich stuff. The guy, he did the Bradleys as well, I think, or something like that, a family one. Mm. And he's had three or four huge series, and he's prolific – but he does not shy away from the, the grotesque and the awful and the mean and the vindictive and the nasty. Um, but it's done in a very humorous looking way. So um, 
yeah, that's kind of for me. Yeah, that, 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 that's the reason I chose it because you're reading it and you're laughing and then you suddenly go, why on earth am I laughing? This is horrible. You know, it's, <laughs> yeah. Uh, but big, big fan of you. So uh, that was, that was kind of, yeah, another kind of penny dropping thing really for me. And, um, but I took it at face value to begin with and he's, he's, he's a really heads up guy. I've met Peter Bag and he's a, he's a, he's a, he's a totally sound bloke. So uh, go ahead there guys, read, read Peter Bag. He's very funny. Get into that because yeah, apparently it's been it's been described as the ultimate Generation X fable. That's right, mate. Absolutely, apparently. absolutely. I guess I am. I guess I am Generation X actually. So uh, it, it, it suits me down to the ground, really. Yeah. Bingo. Uh, now uh, moving on to uh, one of my favourite questions, and that is, what is your favourite cover? Okay, so um, I'll stick with the 2000 AD vein. Um, uh, as much as I liked um, Gums in Monster Fun, there were no real covers that really um, struck a struck a vein with me. Um, it was a notion, as I said, with science fiction, that an image could portray something, and then it just got its hooks into you. And it first came out, this image, I think we're talking, 90, it's in issue 27, pro- program, even before prog, program yeah. 27 of 2000 AD, and anyone in my group will know which one I'm going to get up with. It's the Brian Bolland um, kind of huge 70s style um, spaceship helmet character. It's just a headshot. So it's, it's just yeah. a headshot. It's got his visor closed. And it's a really gnarly looking space space astronaut. He's been in his suit for it looks like weeks. He hasn't shaved. Mm. And there's this frog, like a, one of those Amazonian frogs, stuck to the inside of the visor screen and it says something along the lines of um analysis complete have concluded flesh it's edible or something you know it's kind of like i, I, I can't quote it it's not the quote which for me oh, is- I, I can quote it for you if you like I've would got you it read it for me because i haven't right, got it so, in front of me. so the frog is saying have made contact with aliens facial area composition flesh conclusion edible i know and and for <laughs> me as a kid, so I'm nine, ten years old, and 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 it obviously it it, it did something to me. It, it you know it lit a spark in my head. But there's that slow burning horror as well. You know, essentially mm. what's gonna come next, or you don't. Will it happen? You know, and mm. um, graphically, man. Um, okay, so it looks of its era. But, you know, Bolland's work at that time stands up to anybody's work. He's one of the greats. Yeah. You know, that cover were it to come for sale. 20, 30,000 pounds, I guess. Yeah. Very cheap compared to American market. Um, but um, it's my grail cover. Um, it's not even a character from the comic as such. It was just a one-off short text story inside, I believe, um, a future scope or something like that. But it, it, it stayed with me, and I found myself coming back to it and back to it. When I've been asked over and over or thought about, you know, um, uh, should I say, responded to similar kind of, which is your favourite cover of 2000 AD or science fiction? Well, it always comes back to this one. Always comes back to this one. And um, yeah, it just, it just obviously, yeah, it did something to me. And um, here I am. So it's what, 40, four years later. And, uh, you know, it, it, it still, it still does everything I want from a cover. I would buy that comic again. If it was on the newsstand, you know, I would be I'm buying upset. that comic again. Particularly at nine pence. Ah, oh, mate, nine pence. Yeah, well, my 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 pocket money, mate. Don't don't laugh. My pocket money in those days was about fifteen pence, and for wow. fifteen pence, you could have got because two thousand eighty was more expensive than the other comics. Um, right. I could have got with that. I'd either have a choice of a Mars bar or a pack of Polos and a pack of crisps. Oh, wow. So Polos were like two pence. 
So now what? Polo is about 70p, pack of crisps is about oh, 70p, yeah. and the prog is £3.10. So in terms of inflation and stuff, yeah, you're talking about a kid's pocket money being around about a fiver. And there you go. That's kind of, you know, I guess kids might get more than that, but I was only nine or nine, eight or nine. Um, and um, mate, I know, I know. Well, I had a collection of 2000 AD, a mint collection that I bought off Jeremy Squires, and I always remind him, um, poor old Jeremy, he sold me absolute pristine mint. First 200. Really? Um, I, I bought them off him for 20 quid. Mint. I met his sister at a school reunion last year and I met, I said to her, tell Jeremy I still thank him for that. That got me into that. that, that, over that. <laughs> when I sold that collection, it did me all right. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. That's, uh, that, that's a good profit margin right there. Eventually. Absolutely. Absolutely. So there we go. 9P, Brian Bolland, issue 27. That's mine. That's my grail cover. Yeah, that's fantastic. And the uh, just so you know, the date is the 27th of August, 1977. So you got an extra seven in there too. Yeah, so we, yeah, nice one, mate. Incredible. <laughs> sevens are everywhere, mate. It's my lucky number. I'm born on the seventh of the month. Uh, there's two of me and my brother, so we've got two sevens. There you go. Seven is one of those sort of numbers for me, wow. mate. So, uh, you know That's me. cool. <laughs> Wicked. Uh, now, uh, moving on to another of my uh, favourite yeah. questions. Uh, what's the most meaningful comic to you? Uh, mate, it's got to be... Well, there was two, I guess, in the... The first comic, the first published comic that I I, I ever was involved in. Um, so um, when I was, yeah, 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 yeah. Um, the the um, Skate Mutants from the Fifth Dimension is a, is a zine which um, still has legs. Still, people know about it because it was um, the guys who did that. Um, Bear Hackenbush and, and, and Bino, these two punks in Bristol from a squad mm. that I used to know really well. They went on and worked very closely with um, Hewlett and the guys from um, Deadline. Okay, right. Um, but uh, and I contributed to their early comics. Uh, did a character, um, but but the one that the actual comic for me, I've got to say honestly, yeah, I've got to plug it now. Isn't it number one of the seventy-seven mm-hmm. is the most meaningful comic because it's the it's the amalgamation and, and the conclusion of all the last sort of you know thirty odd years hiatus of not doing it and then getting back to it. So so the answer to that question is the most meaningful comic for me was um, the seventy-seven issue one. Um, but if you ask me that, you know, regularly every three months, it'll be the very next issue of the 77 is the most important comic to me, because obviously now I'm a publisher and I've got to have that have that kind of um, hat on, if you like. You know what I mean? In terms of they've got to make sure yeah. that the next one's totally up to up to standard and, and, and the best that we can do. So there you that's go. Mate. 77 issue one. That's the one there. No, yeah, certainly. Our, our, our creations are certainly... Uh, so meaningful in so many ways because it's it's often an amalgamation as he, as he mentioned of kind of coming to a point where you know you've you've got all the experience of having read lots of lots of different comics um and then trying to create them yourself and then it finally comes to a point where ah oh, it's a success yeah Absolutely. So no, yeah, that's fantastic um, to to have that. Um, and then uh, moving on to our next question, uh, what's the most underrated comic? Uh, my very first comic I ever produced, the casebook of Doctor uh, Vivon Fraud. Uh, no one bought it, okay, but it's the oh, best comic. But no one bought it. So um, I was uh, I was about seventeen years old, eighteen years old at college, and um, had a photocopier and um, produced a comic. And uh, yeah, 
I thought it was the best thing in the world ever. Best thing yeah. in the world ever. So um, clearly it must be the most underrated because uh, no one bought it. So uh, there you go. <laughs> and do you, have, do you still have copies of that? Um, <laughs> I only have one left, thankfully. <laughs> I've got the, I stamped them. I, I used a, like a library stamp. And we put the numbers in them. So we went like from the one to 500. And we did, I mean, I've got to say, actually, no, no, we did sell them. And we ended up giving loads away and stuff. It's fine. Um, right. But number two never happened. Uh, that was the kind of the, the, the sad thing oh. about it. Uh, I know, I know. It's really sad. But um, it's all in the name, really. And I think I think I got a little bit. I, how can I put this? In my youth, I was perhaps not as... Uh, level-headed all the time as I should have been. You know, perhaps I was doing things I shouldn't <laughs> sure. be doing sometimes. <laughs> Brilliant. And the question is, are you going to scan it and paste it online? Oh, um, funny enough. Oh, 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 oh for you? Yeah, what, you, you think you could do. But yeah, I'd love to see it in public. Funny enough, though, the strip that comes out of it um, is the skateworm. That's the, he's 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 been resurrected um, by cool. um, a guy called Morgan Gleave, who's a proper skater um, comic guy who knows loads of people in the skate skating world and designers and stuff. And and it's got the the little chap hasn't got legs at all. He, the strip's got legs now, and he's he started he started his own new um, little life. And um, Morgan wants to do a graphic novel where skateworm goes to California. California and he said as the filler can we have the original can we have the original pages and 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 also the stuff from the skate muties from the fifth dimension so um, I've got all that stuff and I won't I won't necessarily reprint it at the full size it's no when you have like a book an anthology about comics or encyclopedia right and they have insert pages from strips I would have, and they're kind of like thumbnails. I think that's what I'll do. I wouldn't want them to be blown up to be a facsimile or anything. I just have them as little thumbnails. Um, but it was all good. It was all good laugh. You know what I mean? It was. It's yeah. had to do it all. It's had to do it completely wrong. You know. Um, and I, I, I did that for a couple of years, doing it completely wrong with, and, and but then did other people's comics and stuff. And um, obviously, I think as a kind of auteur, being the person who does it all, that was never really on the cards for me because. Um, I do need to have lots of people to work off personally. Right. Yeah. So I'm kind of like more turned into more of like a team builder now. And, and mm. that's where I sort of see my strengths and um, I can see other, other people's talent um, and, uh, you know, can help, help, help them kind of nurture that and, um, you know, make, make, make the changes to, 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 to sort of get things going really. Um, so yeah, there we go. There we go. A comic from 1980. 86 986 I've produced there you go if you've still got one anyone out there it's probably worth what you paid for it 50p (laughs) fair play oh now uh, going back to the vinyl collection yeah I think we're probably at about W yeah we are we are absolutely so um yeah so I'm not quite sure what I've got on W I'd have to have a but I mean you know got to quickly get to that Funny enough, yeah, I can see where we're going with W with the next question. Exactly. So for you, um, yeah. what is the best comic of all time? Okay. Well, if I if I just refer to my notes here, um, the best comic. See, and I answered in a different way, and I kind of thought I'm still going to stick my. I'm still going to say it. The best comic in all in all time. I've got to say probably the one that's got the resonance, and for it being the. The the, the 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 grail and where we all come from has obviously got to be Superman number one, yeah? yeah. Um, yeah. Schuster and Feigl's, um Superman number one. So 
from that, everything else has come. Now, obviously, I know there were comics around before that. You know, I'm versed in my comic history and stuff. And, 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 and people would say, you know, no, no, comics started in, in, in London in 1885 in the London Illustrated, you know, and all that. Yeah, well, they weren't mm-hmm. necessarily. Um, you know, just as much as horror genre started with, you know, you know Mary Shelley's Frankenstein or, or something. You know, there are all these back issues and, and absolutely. But from superman the arc itself for me the 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 best comics of all time are the ones that ended that arc um and boys and girls it begins with a w what what do you think that is the story (laughs) the superhero arc it's watchman um i'm not bandstanding here i bought them as they came out um they blew my mind as they came out month by month the covers the continuity through them the 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 secondary strips in there the background information that came out at the time we were real it was fascinating reading them sam in real time because yeah. media blew up because of course we just had um we just had the dark knight returns and then there was batman year one uh which is amazing as well and then watchman came out and, and and we knew it was coming. There was a big, you know, and anyone who knew was reading Comics Journal or any of the, 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 the publications at the time, you know, Gib, Gibbons and, and, and Moore had been told not to really talk about it at all. But, you know, people in the know were saying there's something coming. It's good. And then number one came out and we just went, oh, my days, this is just incredible. And there was this whole thing about people communicating, writing to each other and talking about it. And we were kids making comics and we were just... Ah, it was just incredible. Anyway, 30 odd years on from that, put it together by the deluxe or the new reprint with the, um, you know, improved colours or the recolored by um, John Higgins or various things. It doesn't matter. Buy a collection of it and read it. And and it's just a great, great, great story. Also, it's a great story because it works as a comic and it hasn't worked. The film didn't really do it justice. It couldn't, could it? Mm-hmm. You know, uh, yeah. It is what it is, and I I watch it occasionally, you know, and I don't, and I'm not faulting it at all. But the comic is just incredible. Um, The way the panel's set up, you know, I I ripped it off several times with various strips I did, you know, from the very first issue with the badge and the upshot going to the top of the building, and obviously the comedian's been thrown off, and the way that the journal pages with Rorschach and the characters Mm. are just, yeah, I mean, infusing out of it just now. In fact, I'm probably going to pick it pick it go and get it off the shelf and, and and start reading probably for the 38th time you know um and are those originals as well that you've got uh no mate i sold them i had to i had to i had to um i had two collections of those yeah. and i sold them for very good money um a while ago um i i'm one of those people who um i I do rebuy collections. I've not kept everything I've ever owned. Um, mm-hmm. I rebought the first 500, 2000 ADs. Um, I rebought the um, Sandman collected, the three huge omnibus editions. I used to have all the Sandman and all that sort of stuff, and Hellblazer. But to be honest with you, if you keep everything you've got, you 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 have a very big mortgage because you need a lot of space to keep it in. Yeah. Um, or you generally don't have anyone else in your life and it's just you and your comics because you're quite kind of, you know, you, 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 you value potentially, I think, things more than people. Um, <laughs> um, so, yeah, I got I got rid of my collection about 15 years ago. I had to fund something that was very important to me and um, they all had to go, unfortunately. But, you know, then you find out what you really do like and maybe you buy them again, you know. So, uh, yeah. you know, and you can buy a, a secondhand copy 
of Watchmen, the book, for Fiverr, can't you? Yeah? Yeah. Like, why would yeah. you want to go and spend 100 quid on a number one issue? Well, I mean, okay, perhaps some people want it, but 100 quid for number one, fair enough, but I wouldn't now, you know? <laughs> Mad. But there we go. There we go. It happens, yeah. you know, keep all the things from your youth in good condition and never play with them and they'll be worth a fortune. But you would have never had the enjoyment of playing with them or reading them. Exactly. You know what I mean? Um, oh, yeah. We're way past all of that now, I think, aren't we? Yeah, Probably. I think so. That copy of Asterix the uh, Gladiators is, is falling apart, but it's more special to me because it is, because it's, it, it's my life right there in my hands, you know. So, uh, yeah. so there we go. You know, so uh, all right, mate. So there we go. Watchmen. It ends the Superman arc, and um, um and and yeah. on that hill, I I I I will I will stand. People can argue with that if they want, but I say, pretty much for me speaking, superheroes did their bit from that point, and um, yeah. I've never really been reading superheroes since, to be honest with you. So there you Fair go. Play. Fair play. And then we uh, come on to our last question in regards yeah. to comics, and that is, if you could only take one comic into the apocalypse which would it be ah yes um so i'm hoping that very soon before this well actually it may be in the shops right now and i haven't realized it there's a comic out there with a free full-size conan the barbarian sword attached as a free gift because i think that could come in quite useful after the apocalypse mate. very handy yeah um, I'm, I'm, I'm sure it's out there in wh smith or something <laughs> that's the one i'm looking for or you know or the one that comes with the rad suit or something i don't know you know the kind of yeah yeah so that's no, no, we could we could definitely provide that and then along along with your um your um god knows what um comic with a free code in the barbarian sword what weapon tool or useful item would you like to take in with you as well <sighs> Weapons or so? Did you say weapons or useful items? Uh, weapon, tool, yeah. or useful item? Oh, useful item! Dear, dear, oh dear, oh dear. Well, I think I'll probably take my guitar because I never learned to play it. Great. I have plenty of time to learn now, aren't I? Just take. I need to take a bunch of strings with me, don't I? Just in case I, I break them. So that's oh, yeah. it. Okay. Perfect. My sword, guitar my sword and, and the guitar, and some and some guitar strings. There we go. That'll see me through. <laughs> I can just imagine you with a Conan the Barbarian sword on your back and then just walking through an apocalypse wasteland yeah. uh, with a guitar. Oh, yeah, the kind of minstrel, the wandering minstrel singing of his deeds. It really badly, playing it really badly. Yeah, well, that's actually like Gru the, Barbet- Gru the Wanderer. He has, a, he has this minstrel he keeps bumping into that he wants to kind of... The minstrel tells the truth, so Gru has to keep shooing him away, you see. It's... Uh, <laughs> I, I haven't put this together based upon that, but it's why Gru is such a good strip. And I, again, I, I strongly recommend it. Anyone's feeling down at the moment, if you need a lift, find it. Go and find some cheap copies. And, uh, or just, you know, I'm sure there are some sites out there which have PDF copies available. We, we don't discuss such things, really, do we? <laughs> no. Anyway, well, pleasure, pleasure, Sam. Thank you. That's, uh, oh, yes. Uh, ben, thank you so much for sharing your comics for the apocalypse. It really has been a pleasure. Um, and uh, for, the, for the listeners, one more time, where can they find you online? Okay, so really just put the 77 um, in, in Google. It will take you to our Facebook. It will take you to um, a Gmail. Uh, but it's the 77comic at gmail.com. Um, our shop is Big Cartel. Just put 77 into Big Cartel. It will take you there. Um, WordPress, the 77. That's where we sometimes upload some stuff. 
Twitter, Insta. I forgot to mention Instagram. You know, we do our best to populate all those places. Um, or, you know, I'll give you my home address at the end and people can write write to me if they wish, you know, like we used to do in the old days, you know, if you want to send me a script or some pictures, okay? Or a, an unfeasibly large publishing deal. That would be brilliant. Anyone out there who's got a spare million they just want to give me, that would be brilliant. <laughs> well, millionaires um, out there, make sure you get in touch with Ben Skid. Um, <laughs> But um, yeah, honestly, it really, it really has been a pleasure, and, and hopefully our paths will cross a uh, con sooner rather that than later. That would be great, Sam. That would be really nice. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you so much for having me on. It's been a real hoot. Thank you. Fantastic. Well, uh, take care, and um, I'll, uh, I'll I'll see you uh, online. <laughs> see you on the other side, mate. And thanks everybody for listening. I hope I hope we didn't bore you too much. <laughs> <laughs> take care, mate. See you then. Bye. Bye. Thanks again to Bengtsky for being on Comics for the Apocalypse today. It was an absolute pleasure. If you enjoyed the show, please leave a review for us on iTunes or whichever podcast service you use, as not only will let me know that you liked it, but believe that it helps make other people aware of the show as well. If you'd like to check out Bensky's work or follow him on social media, those links are in the show notes, along with all of our own links to the various areas of the internet. Speaking of which, if you haven't already, be sure to visit Comic Scene's website at comicscene.org for comic news, the comic club, and other fun sequential art stuff. And finally, as long as the apocalypse doesn't come to pass in the next week, I'll see you next Monday. Bye for now. <laughs>